it's time for men of God who say they are preachers and say they are called of God to quit being afraid of losing your sweet spot in social circles. It's time to stand up and speak up before it's eternally too late in our country. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Life Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, Pastor Jeff continues this exciting series entitled Piercing the Darkness. Isaiah 520 tells us, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. What is Isaiah even talking about? He is talking about our society right now. When a society begins calling good evil and evil good, it has reached the height of confusion, the depths of depravity, and the profoundest darkness of all. Today, Pastor Jeff opens up the scriptures and shows us what God says and what history says. So, grab your Bibles and let's go right to his message, When Light is Dark and Dark is Light. I want to talk to you today about when light is dark and dark is light. Here's the principle. Churches that pierce the darkness will be churches that remain loyal to the Word of God. Period. No matter what it costs. You cannot pierce the darkness if you throw the Bible out. you got to be true to it. So, let's read the passage. Here's Isaiah talking to the people of his day who, within a few decades, would go into judgment. He says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I want you to notice very carefully, today's message is going to be very strong and sobering and in the end encouraging. i got to tell the truth, and i am never in my 57 years been more concerned about America than I am right now. America is in real serious trouble, but not without a solution. The solution is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The solution is the Word of God, the truth. The solution is the light and the salt of the earth, you. There is a solution, and it's not a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian or any other political creature. It is the church, and it is the God of the church and the God who gave us His Word. That's the only real hope for this country, but it's a genuine hope. It's a real hope. Now, Isaiah the prophet is pronouncing a woe. Jesus pronounced a lot of woes, and when Jesus looks at you and says, Woe, you better not go. If he says, Woe unto you, you better stop in your tracks and listen to what he's saying. Woe means sorrow, tragedy, or terrible consequences are coming for certain things, for actions, for attitudes, for words, for lifestyles. 
Woe means sorrow is coming. Tragedy is on the way. Isaiah is stating sorrow and tragedy is going to be the lot of any person or any culture that goes to the level of calling evil good or good evil. When a society begins to call good evil and evil good, that society has reached the height of confusion, the depths of depravity, the profoundest darkness of all. When you actually label good evil or evil good, you are genuinely, profoundly deceived and confused. Isaiah is directing his warning at the moral relativism of his day. What is moral relativism? It is when you say, I don't accept God's Word anymore for my standard of right and wrong. This is no longer my standard. My standard is what I decide my standard is. My standard is what seems right to me. So I will choose what is good or bad for me, what is right or wrong for me. The Word of God, the Bible, God's Word is no longer my standard. Now I'm not living under absolutes. I'm living under relativism, meaning what is right or wrong for me is relative to the situation, to the circumstances I'm facing. I will be my own judge. Isaiah is speaking to those people. They were perverting God's moral standards, and that's why they were headed to judgment. They were inverting the truth. And when they inverted the truth, they perverted the truth. They took what was right and made it wrong. They took what was wrong and made it right. They took God's Word and said, well, whatever you say is right is now my wrong. And whatever you say is wrong is now what I'm going to call right. And they inverted truth. It says this of those in Jeremiah and Isaiah's day, quote, everybody followed the promptings of his own evil heart. In another place it says, each man did what was right in his own eyes. When you as a person or we as a culture throw God's Word out the window, there's only one place to go, and that is relativism. What I say is right is right. What I say is wrong is wrong. I am now my own judge. The buck stops with me. I will be the decider of how I live, not God's Word. I will not let God's Word read me. I will read it. I will not let it judge me. I will judge it. When a culture goes there, a culture is in deep and profound peril. When people do only what seems right, in their own eyes, they wind up living totally contrary to the revealed will of God in His Word. Listen carefully to me today. Our country is there. We're not going there. We're there. We're in a free fall. It's like we're losing 100 yards a day in the secular culture, slipping and sliding down into the abyss of total confusion and total destruction because we have inverted God's truth. When a society or a person inverts God's principles for a blessed life, because everything that God told us to do, the way He told us to live, leads to a blessed life if you do it. But when you invert God's principles for a blessed life, it provides carte blanche permission to the ungodly 
to carry out all types of unrighteous behavior with impunity. And that's why they want to call good evil and evil good, so that they can live a wicked life in society and never be rebuked or reproached for it. David observed this, quote, the wicked freely strut around. In other words, I'm strutting my sin. And he says, here's when it happens. When what is vile is honored among men. What God calls wicked, men start calling good. What God calls good, men start calling wicked. That's a culture that is in deep trouble. Now here's a fact. Reversing God's standards of right and wrong characterizes times of apostasy and it precedes divine judgment. Now I'm going to go where angels fear to tread and I want to say that every pastor and every preacher occupying any pulpit in the United States of America ought to be going where I'm about to go. And I want to say to any pastor or preacher listening to me right now, Sir, please start preaching the Word of God on this. And don't hold back. Because if there's a mist in the pulpit, there's a fog in the pews. If the pulpit is gray and uncertain, the people are completely confused. It's time for men of God who say they are preachers and say they are called of God to quit being afraid of being called names or losing your sweet spot in social circles. It's time to stand up and speak up before it's eternally too late in our country. Now remember, when you invert truth and you call right wrong and wrong right and good bad and bad good and up is down and down is up and light is dark and dark is light, you are in apostasy and you're headed towards divine judgment. Now one inversion of truth that is currently ripping our nation apart is the homosexual controversy. I was thinking this morning before I came here today, I've been preaching since I was 18 years old and I'm 57. And I could count on one hand the number of times I've preached on homosexuality because it was never really a front-burner issue for me. But the reason I'm addressing it today is because it is being addressed and we are being confronted by radical militant homosexuality that is seeking to redefine our culture and engineer, re-engineer our culture into something that we will not recognize in 10 years if somebody doesn't start saying something about it. And so because of recent events in our country, I've got to address it. And so I'm going to address it today. I'm going to address it boldly. And it's going to be very strong, but very needed. I want to say before I begin that I say this in love. And don't tell me I'm bigoted or that I hate homosexuals and I'm a homophobe. You a liar. You're a liar. To say that I hate homosexuals is stupid. And you know what? That argument is getting old. Because I believe theft is wrong. I believe adultery is wrong. I believe incest is wrong. Just because I have a conviction about something doesn't mean I hate the practitioners of it. But let's, let's just dive right in. We're now being told that it is normal for two members of the same sex to be involved 
in an emotional sexual relationship. We're being told that it's normal. In fact, if we don't agree with this, we are immediately labeled homophobic, bigoted, judgmental, ignorant, archaic, backward, Bible thumper, idiot Southerners, instead of just accepting the fact that, hey, you have a difference of opinion from me. And where is tolerance? Aren't we supposed to be tolerant? And what I have found is, yes, tolerance works if I tolerate you. But if I disagree with you, you don't tolerate me. And if we're going to be tolerant, let's be tolerant. So let me share my thoughts on this. And I'm coming straight from the Word of God, God's Word. There's no other source for me. I'm a preacher of the Word of God. And so this book that I hold in my hand claims to be the inspired, inerrant Word of God, straight from heaven, spoken through the Holy Spirit, through holy men of old who were moved on by the Holy Spirit. And so this book claims to be the Word of God. And this is the book from which I will spring today. Now, I am not homophobic, bigoted, judgmental, or ignorant. And adding profundity to absurdity, we're now being told by a small minority of people in the United States of America with the help of the ever-dependable mainstream media, did I say lamestream media? that we should not only agree with, but we should sanction same-sex marital unions, man-to-man, woman-to-woman. And if we are up to speed and illuminated and are really walking in genuine modern truth, then we will not only agree with, but sanction same-sex unions. And if we don't agree with that, something is wrong with us. Inversion of truth. Now, all of this has recently been brought to a head with the controversy swirling in California over what's called Proposition 8. Now, Proposition 8 or Prop 8 means the California Marriage Protection Act. It was a ballot proposition and a constitutional amendment that passed in the November 2008 state elections. It passed with 52.3% of the popular vote in California not Idaho California you see this whole issue is experiencing a deep primal response in the hearts of people and even in California 52.3 percent said here's the deal we believe that marriage is only between a man and a woman and that is the only kind of marriage we want to be valid or recognized in California Now, seven million, seven million Californians said, we believe that marriage is exclusively and only between a man and a woman. Now, that should have ended the dispute, but it didn't and it never does. Several lawsuits were filed against Prop 8 after it passed, which brought the case before a federal judge, U.S. District Judge Vaughn Walker, who also happens to be openly gay. Think about this. This past week, Judge Walker, one man, ruled that Prop 8 was unconstitutional, which it is not. Aren't we in a democracy? Aren't people supposed to be able to vote for something? One man overturned 7 million votes. One man overturned the will of the people. One man said what 7 million people voted for was unconstitutional.
So under Judge Walker, it's no longer we the people, but it's I the judge. Now the case will now move, of course, through the liberal Ninth Circuit Court where it doesn't have a chance and may very likely and probably end up in the Supreme Court. Now, what's wrong with all of this? What is this really all about as far as the Word of God is concerned? Stop and think for a minute. A same-sex marriage union totally inverts, turns inside out, upside down, God's original intent for the two genders. In my opinion, and in the majority of Americans' opinion, I said the majority of Americans' opinion, it's a brazen attack against the traditional family that was ordained by God all the way back to Eden. Now, I believe when all else fails, follow directions. And you want to go to the source of something to get at the root of it. So let's go all the way back to the beginning of all things because there was a beginning to all things, including the human race, the Garden of Eden. Let's go to the first man and woman. And let's read what God said when He created them. Genesis 2, verses 18 through 22. Listen to the Word of God. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Who is a fit. Who makes sense. Who is a helper for him. So the Lord God caused the man to go to sleep. The reason he did that is because if he'd have been awake, he'd have tried to orchestrate things and he'd have messed it up. He had to knock the dude out. I understand that. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman, a woman from the rib. Woman coming from, he saw her and said, whoa, man. And that's exactly what God wanted him to say, whoa, man. That's not Hebrew, that's Jeff. And he brought, listen, her to him. Now, I know that my God wants the very best for me, and my God is able to give me the very best. So if it had been best, he would have brought to Adam a man and a woman and said, take your pick. But he didn't. I'm not mocking. I'm trying to be logical. As a matter of fact, I'm saying what I'm saying in love because like so many things that are sexual in nature, this is a bondage from which we need to be set free. And so adding a little bit of humor just to lighten things up because y'all look so serious. But the bottom line is that it's true. If you're logical about it, if it had been the best thing, it's what God would have done because He only doeth wondrous things and shall not the judge of all the earth do right. So God brought a woman to the man. Now, Genesis goes on to say, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two, man and woman, are united into one. Now, do you know that Jesus expounded on this in Matthew 19, verse 5? Jesus dealt with this very thing and validated everything we just read. And Jesus said in Matthew 19, 5, Haven't you read the Scriptures? I wish that I could say that to this entire culture. Haven't you read the Word of God? Haven't you read the Bible? 
Because here's what Jesus said. Haven't you read the Scriptures? Translated, here's why you're confused. Because you haven't read the Scriptures. He said, they record that from the beginning, in other words, God's original intent, in the very beginning, God made. Everybody say made. God made them male and female. Now notice, he didn't use the word husband and wife. He's talking about gender. He said, God made them a male and a female. Jesus said, please understand, he's a God of gender. He created two distinct genders for the purpose of bringing them together. This was God's original plan, his original intent. In light of that, let's consider what Judge Walker wrote in his decision against Prop 8. Quote, says Judge Walker, Today, gender is not relevant to the state in determining spouses, obligations to each other. Walker said, quote, Gender no longer forms an essential part of marriage. End quote. Gender is no longer relevant to marriage said the federal judge. Well, who died and made him God? And he said, today, as if to say, it used to be this way, but now in our day of enlightenment, gender is no longer an issue in marriage. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Which is right, Judge Walker or the Bible? Or let me take it a step further. Who's right, Judge Walker or Christ Jesus? The Bible says God made them male. The Hebrew word is ish. And female, the Hebrew isha. God intentionally made ish, the male, and isha, the female. He made them distinctly, beautifully, profoundly different. Churches and believers are having to choose today between what the Word says and what the world says. None of us are immune to the social pressures to conform to the world's ways. Our friends, families, and even many churches are in full agreement with every bitter thing the world says is sweet. It is not our desire to offend people or to isolate ourselves from society and friends, but we do need to ask God for courage to believe and speak His Word with boldness to this dark world. The world needs a light. They need someone to speak out against the onslaught of delusion and perversion trying to destroy the people who God loves. God loves the world. That is what John 3.16 tells us. He wants all men to be saved by believing in that light who is Jesus Christ, His Son. Well, that's it for this time. We hope you've enjoyed the message and will remember this. God transforms suffering people into comforters. He brings gain out of pain. Join Pastor Jeff next time as he continues with part two of the message, When Light is Dark and Dark is Light. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. When Light is Dark and Dark is Light is the second message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Piercing the Darkness. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. 
Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Piercing the Darkness, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. For those of you who will help Life Talk reach America with God's Word, Jeff has written a beautiful booklet entitled, Let the Journey Continue, The Spirit-Filled Life. Let the Journey Continue is a beautifully designed companion booklet to our last month's offer, Let the Journey Begin. Let the Journey Continue explains in a simple, easy-to-read style what the Bible teaches about walking in the Spirit. This will surely be a helpful addition to your spiritual resources library. And Let the Journey Continue would make a great gift for that teen in the house, friend, co-worker, or spouse that might be struggling to understand how to live the Christian life in victory. Don't miss this beautifully illustrated little booklet for a gift of any size to helping Life Talk take God's Word to America. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.